yourself living in a shotgun shack. And you may find yourself in another part of the world. And you may find yourself behind the wheel of a large automobile. And you may find yourself in a beautiful house with a beautiful wife. And you may ask yourself, well, how did I get here? Greetings and welcome to Inside Baseball with Old Chestnut. I'm Liam Allen with Morris Sachs. Same as same as it ever was, MB. Oh man, why'd you stop that? I was just I was just sort of rocking out. Same as it ever was. One of our um, listeners on one of these uh, chat thread things was talking about how um, he really enjoys the fish and and maybe after. <clears throat> this podcast he might uh, listen to some more and and i think he even mentioned throwing in an edible wow which um <laughs> i was speaking with uh, our friend over at the sister podcast kevin mm-hmm. here and i asked him about edibles and he said uh well they don't even consider those drugs wow yeah yeah yeah, yeah. they're yeah. far more progressive up there i suppose i mean i don't know back when I was growing up, that was illegal. So, but right, you know, the world is different now. Indeed, it is. But in some ways, it's very much the same as it ever and was. You know. So uh, I was hoping you were going to comment on my haircut. Um, no, it looks great. Thank you. You've got a great head of hair. I don't want to talk about it. Mine's mine's going. Yeah. Um, you're, you know, seventy three, and you've got a full head of black hair. You know. You know, I'm going to be very popular in the nursing home. <laughs> Um, I'm not 73 yet, you fuck. <laughs> um, but I, I I went to the local barber shop and mm-hmm. uh, so I got a haircut and uh they did like the hot towel thing, mm-hmm. you know, the whole thing. And at the end I woke up to the cash register and the woman says, uh, you're not 65 yet, are you? And I wow. Said, I said no, and she says, Okay, that'll be thirty dollars. <laughs> like, what? She yeah. goes, yeah, well, at 65, we give you five mm-hmm. bucks off. I'm like, okay. And I, I give her a $10 tip, and I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm 60 bucks ahead. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, it's a lot less money out here. Oh, I'm sure. Cost of living, yeah. Yeah. Except we had, um, we got a, a proposal to fix our inside lighting, mm-hmm. and um, the bid came back, and I just sent a little note back to the guy with two words. It was like, that's absurd. <laughs> wow. I might, have, I might have been born at night, but not last night. Right, right, right. Um, I've made a point since I've been out here not to negotiate. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, right I from just, the beginning, wanna, you, you didn't negotiate, I, I, correct? Exactly, exactly. Because you know, there's a lot of competition at negotiating out here, and I'd mm-hmm. rather pay five percent more and be seen as the the uh, the easy pickings. But uh, this guy got a little. I mean, it, it was a, a eight day job with some uh, some um, mm-hmm. new new parts. Mm-hmm. Like $76,000. No, 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 no. <laughs> what kind of parts? Like platinum, yeah. plat- he was going to do oh, platinum wire? I, I, I mean, as you've seen over the years, I've got a pretty innate sense of what things cost. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, I kind of bid the job out to myself mm-hmm. at like 25 or 30. Yeah. And, uh, because um, I'm thinking, you know, it's like three guys. Sure. Yeah, you know how to do the math. Hour. Yeah, right. yeah. Like Warren Buffett said, he likes business because the math is easy. Yeah, yeah. It's not so. like he's putting a, a like a generator on your roof using a helicopter. Then, then like seventy six grand. Okay, maybe with the. We have a friend that lives in one of these uh, wealthy neighborhoods, not mm-hmm. here, um, but out, out west, and. They charged him a hundred and five thousand dollars to put in like a twenty kilowatt generator, and when he told me that, I I just it was so heinous. I just kind of said, "Well, yeah, there you go." I mean, because yeah. I, I would fucking break his heart. Yeah, when you, you told know. him, the, um, I, I, the I, actual, I can't. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm, doctor mm-hmm. says you're gonna die. You know, I just can't. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. You can't even tell jokes anymore. No, a, I've no. given up on. I've no, given, I heard a good one the other day, though. Okay. If it's a Jewish joke, can I tell it? Oh, absolutely. Jewish, Italian. Well, see, see, here's the problem. Okay, so the missus is kind of devoted herself to try and reduce or eliminate sort of this racism, hate crime, mm-hmm. and so in her world. There's no, you can't tell any jokes, right? Because it's like one joke is too many and a thousand isn't enough kind Mm -hmm. of thing, right? So (laughs) there's these two old Jews walking down the street. (laughs) Did I tell you this one? Probably. Come on. (laughs) So there's a sign in front of a church that says, convert to Catholicism and we'll give you $25. (laughs) So one guy, one of the old Jews says the other, I'm going to duck in here see what this thing's all about, right? <laughs> so he goes in, he's in 15 minutes, and he comes out, and his buddy says, so how'd it go? And the buddy says, it's not so bad. They give you a little sip of wine, and they give you some crackers, and they throw a little water at you, and uh, then you go. And the friend says, uh, well, what about the 25 bucks? And the guy says, is that all you people think about? <laughs> That's very, yeah, yeah, nails it, yeah. Oh, my Lord. Um, Yeah, I guess I should save the best joke for the end of the show, but uh, so what are we talking about tonight? I know know what we're not talking about, and and one of the two things is the precious metals we're not talking about. The other thing, we're not talking about not talking about it, Mm -hmm. right? We have a, okay. You want to talk about the Constitution auction? Uh, Well, Ken Griffin took one for the team. I love it. It's awesome. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. He Good wins he wins Friday night. Um yes. yeah. That's the that's the most impressive highlight uh for me. That's that I really took great joy in that. Yeah, that, that made was, me happy. That was yeah. a nice thing. Mm-hmm. You know what else was nice that you uh you pointed out to me when you were uh doing your research through the Instagram? Mm-hmm. That the uh, fellow over at Jeffries 
Mm-hmm. He had yep. a, he he put up something about kind of talking to somebody, giving mm-hmm. some advice. And mm-hmm. said, do you remember what it was? Um, I do. He had somebody that had you know, don't quote me, but somebody had gotten an applicant. Either was a a a prospective Jeffrey's employee in college who had a personal tragedy. I believe the father died of cancer. And the person was concerned about repeating a year. And Mr. Handler said, look, own it. You'll do fine. But most importantly, just like, you know, take advantage of, of, of it, own it and move forward and you'll be fine. But he gave a nice, eloquent response to it. And it was time stamped. I don't know. Call it August. And then last week or something, November 11th, she had an interview, she had a follow-up, and she got the job at Jeffries. And he said to her, do you mind if I post this as an example of people dealing with hardship? All right. And there's no greater hardship than losing a parent, all right, especially in college of cancer while you're trying to get a job um, for the rest of your life and dealing with that kind of adversity. And, dude, it was just nice. He posted at 9 o'clock on 9 9 o'clock Friday morning. And Instagram can be the shallow end of the pool quite often. Um, but he gets it. He really, yeah, I just thought like, I was just impressed with it. And I said, here's Rich winning the fucking internet at nine o'clock on the morning Friday. Just like, it was just a nice way to start the day. Optimistic. Yeah, um, he's yeah. a character. He's, yeah, a, he he's gets a character. It, he's a character. Yeah. Uh, so I've known him a little bit, right? Okay. I wouldn't say we're friends, mm-hmm. but we're definitely north of acquaintances. And we okay. just haven't spent enough time together. I know mm-hmm. he's itching to, to come out here and spend a couple of weeks with me, but you know, he's a busy guy. Um, but, uh, you know, the first couple of times I met him, he's a, he's a ball buster. Yeah. Right. And we were at the big Ed's house at one of these uh, dinners and there was a little bit too much wine. And, uh, it was one of these things. Uh, there's an, uh, there was an auction for the, uh, charity Paul Newman's, uh, camp for kids yeah, with yeah, cancer yeah. or something like Hole that. Hole in the wall kids Hole in the, or something. Okay, yeah. So my first experience with this thing was like 20-something years ago, Greenwich Capital. Ted Netsker, who started Greenwich Capital, knew Paul Newman. And so we all kind of got uh, pigeonholed to donate some money. So uh, anyway, we got invited to this thing, and Paul Newman was there. And it's up in Southport, and we're, you know, kind of mingling with people and I remember some meeting some woman whose husband worked at Morgan Stanley and she was complaining about how he's working all the time and working uh, all the time and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. you know, I've got the Range Rover and the huge diamond and the fur mm-hmm, coat. And right. Anyway, I'm looking over and Paul Newman is in the corner talking to Maddie. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, okay, I guess she's mm-hmm, okay mm-hmm. over there, right? So. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Cheryl's there, and I'm seeing all my buddies, and we're having a good time. And it's like, I look, it's like a half hour later. And so I go looking for Maddie, and she's still in the corner talking to Paul Newman. Wow. To this day, I don't know what they what they talked about. I guess, you know, he's passed on and stuff like that. Maybe mm-hmm. um, Maddie and Kate are coming out tomorrow, and uh, uh, my sister uh, Amy got here uh, yesterday, and my niece uh, Laren's here. So we got the whole gang coming this way, and... Um, I was thinking how I could morph this into this story. There's this old Saturday Night Live skit with Alec Baldwin. Are you familiar with this one? Which one? Where he talks about he's a baker, and he talks about he likes the holiday treats, and his Uh -uh. his last name is Schweddy. 
And, oh, yes, I of course, of course. Says, yeah, I'm, yes. Yeah, okay. Yes, 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 yes. That was that was a while ago. Yeah. I, yeah, every, everything's a while ago. Except for our friend Prince Andrew who keeps <sighs> making it into the news. Did you, you saw that cuz I sent it to you, right? Oh, but I also saw it floating around. I, yeah, 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 yeah. So he borrowed some money and somebody Explain paid to me the that. loan back. I, you know, I don't have all the details, but, you know, it just, if it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a lot more questions than answers why the prince needs a couple mil um, from a pal. Well, I, you know, <laughs> I mean, you know why he needs it. <laughs> right. You know, women, wine, mm-hmm. women, and song, and he squandered mm-hmm. the rest, right? Right, 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 right. Oh, oh I, I'm sorry. I want to go back and finish the hole in the wall gang story. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So um, I'm familiar with this hole in the wall gang camp because of Ted and uh, uh, all the great stuff they did. So uh, several, several, several years later, Big Ed gets involved somehow with the thing and he invites us, he and Tina invite us, uh, Target and Rebecca and to one of uh, Danny Myers restaurants the one with all the pork. Um, Il, Il, it's not Il Molino. Mm-mm. That's that Italian place. That's oh, the I, Italian place. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. All right. It, it, I think it was in the Gramercy Park Hotel. Okay. I, anyway, so we go and um, I met Danny Meyer. We had a, a really nice conversation. Um, Bob Gibson was there. Wow. Uh, Sandy Colfax. What? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 They come uh, out for Paul, right? They, they do. Well, Paul's camp because Paul had been deceased, right? Okay, okay. But uh, you know, Sean, I got a picture uh, taken with those guys. In fact, they auctioned off a baseball signed by the two of them, and I, uh, I bought that. Um, come on, I did. Yeah, yeah. Colfax and Gibson. Yeah, that's got to be worth something, right? Are you kidding me? Uh, I mean, I don't yeah, know. and I think that stuff has gone bananas lately. Yeah, well, I'm, Colfax maybe I, and Gibson. Yeah, maybe I take an NFT of the thing. But but anyway, so Ed buys this dinner where he gets um, the, one of Danny Meyer's guys, and his name is going to escape me, but he's a terrific uh, chef, and he uh, started that restaurant in Manhattan called Marta. Okay. You've been there, right? I it's don't think I have. Place. No. Yeah, okay. Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, so um, we go up to Big Ed's house in Pound Ridge, and and uh, there's like dinner for 20 with like white truffle on everything, right? And wow. huge wines. Yeah. And so um, once again, too much to drink. And, and people are coming away probably think I'm an alcoholic. And if I am, I'm a functional one, but I, I, I don't drink as much as I pretend to. Anyway, so Rich Handler's sitting like three seats down from me. And this was just when Cheryl and I had been spending a lot of time and energy to try and buy land in New Zealand. I remember okay. this. And I mean, in the end, our lawyer just said to me, look, It'll cost you a hundred grand, and they're going to turn you down. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to take your hundred grand. If I thought there was any chance, okay. So I'm like, all right, hey, I tried. It didn't work, right? So Rich starts telling me, <laughs> you 
you just don't want it bad enough. Wow. So we go back and forth for a little bit. And now I'm getting mad because I, you know, he's like. You'd already tried? Yeah. And, you know, I'm I'm pretty determined or stubborn, depending. And and finally, I just gave up. I'm like, you know what? You're right. (laughs) You're right. And I'm I'm sure you said it just like that. (laughs) I'm just like, this guy's just a creep. He's from New. He's from New Jersey. Yeah, that explains yeah. it. He's from Jersey. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I don't know. Time goes by, and um, we, uh, we the COVID comes. Mm-hmm. Right? And, uh, we're meeting him and his wife, lovely lady, uh, Big Ed and Tina, and this is where we were like told to stand in the parking lot. The way mm-hmm. you know, okay. I know where you are. So anyway, Rich rolls up. And I look at him, and I get this warm feeling of affection, and I'm like, you know, dude, it took a fucking global pandemic for me to realize I really <laughs> like you. <laughs> but to tell you how incestuous this world is, mm-hmm. okay? so I was going back and forth with uh, Kevin Muir today, yesterday, you know, when you get to be my age, because... Uh, I seem to know a lot of people at this point, and I'm not much of a networker. It's not like I go up to parties and introduce myself. It's just sort of you stick around long enough. Mm -hmm. So um, Big Ed and I have done a number of business deals together, and um, he drags me along with him. And, you know, uh, they're fun, and I learn a lot of things, and... uh, you know, sometimes we win, sometimes we lose, sometimes we get rained out. But I always come away learning something. And I'm grown up enough to know that that's valuable. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I got involved in this hotel stuff. With, with my dad, and uh, I met this guy, Joe Steinberg, who I never heard of. And uh, I met him and just seemed like a nice older guy. Well, when I say older, I don't mean old. I just mean a little older than me. Right? Understood. And uh, we're at a meeting, and um, he just seemed to have a very nice way about him. And uh, it turns out he was, um, I think he was Bill Ackman's first investor. Wow. And uh, Yeah. And um, so not only that, Joe Steinberg owns Jeffries. And so he's Rich's boss. Yeah, yeah. So um anyway, I just it's just a wow. small Wow. Yeah, what are the yeah. chances? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what are the chances? I guess they're hundred percent, right? Yeah, now they are. So if uh if Rich is listening and he fucks around and I'll call that boss. <laughs> Too bad I don't know the boss of DJ Sal. DJ D Saul, we've been blowing it the whole time. There's a there is a DJ Saul, he's DJ D Saul. So I apologize to the poor DJ Soul, whoever that is out there, because DJ D Saul, as in David Solomon, he had a nice quote this week. He said, um, "Do you want to talk about his statement that <laughs> made headlines?" Um, oh, you mean like stocks are overpriced? Everyone except the Goldman Sachs stock. <laughs> Well, you know, um, he dusted yeah. off the G word. G. Greed. 
Oh, fear and greed. Yeah, no, okay. he said greed, greed is outpacing uh, something. I don't know. I, right. I, I, you know, there was a saying in the bond market. I don't know if it obtains in equities, but they say bears don't sell bonds. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you have the guy, here's an interesting question. I think rhetorically, because I, I don't think you ever finished your law degree, right? Or you got the degree, you didn't pass the bar. Which was it? <laughs> Moving on. Um, if he tells people he thinks the uh, love you, buddy. If he thinks the uh, market's overvalued, is it legal for them to recommend the purchase of securities? Yeah, there's no rules anymore. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. There's Who's no paying rules. Who's You can ask Gary. You know, um, it, wouldn't it be great if it turns out the guy's got a set on him? I, I don't see it, but there's so many things wrong. Kevin Muir put out a piece yesterday. You're a fully paid up subscriber, right? I am. I am. Yeah, Kevin Muir. Dot com. I don't know what it is. Anyway, macro tourist. You, macro tourist. Um, I think it's three hundred and fifty dollars a year. Mm -hmm. So um, we don't take any advertising. Um, we don't do any of that stuff, right? Because it's just supposed to be you and me having shits and giggles. Um, the best thing out there, I think, value for money for a hundred bucks, is that daily shot thing. Oh I, yeah, I think it's a hundred bucks. Uh, That's the charts. Guy, yeah, that guy. I think his name is Les Barofsky, Maybe. Okay. Um, do you get that? Uh, I get them it's from charts. you. It's nothing but charts. Oh you, yeah. You, no, you don't get them from me. I would never pass along something that that. No, that, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I clip a couple things and send them. Yeah. That's a hundred dollars. It's it's. You should. It okay. should be a thousand bucks. Okay. Got it. Wow. So that's the, I think the best value for money. Um, the thing about Kevin's letter, okay. At 350 bucks. I mean, for me, it's, it's crazy. Like he could charge me 15 times that and I would pay it. Yep. I don't know that for everybody it's right because he gets into the weeds Oh not, yeah, not up to his eyeballs, but definitely, you know that saying about pissing the tall grass with the big dogs. It, it could be a little bit too much for your average bear, um, but God, the the kid can write. Uh huh. He, he, you know, oh, not yeah. as well as you, but he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he uses like facts and technical analysis, and you know. I, one of the one. It's of the, awesome. It 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 is. I, I've said to him many times, man. It's a pity he and I never worked together. It, um, would, it would have been epic. Let me tell you, he. I, I give him credit for being brave, and I didn't think about it until. Um, and I, I mean, you've been doing it the whole time. Is talking about your position and letting people and listening, letting people fire their opinion at you. You know, Le during Leslie's interview last week, he mentioned one stock. Lemonade, okay? Right. He just mentioned it and he just just chit-chatted about it. But like my reaction, I wanted to talk to him about it. Like I wanted to give my opinion and get his thoughts and you know, I really wanted to nag him about it. And I realized to myself, I'm so glad I've never talked about mine on the show because I would never be able to deal with all that. Like you talking about the gold and getting the unsolicited people's opinion. But Kevin goes into so much 
in depth of what he's doing real time. He's pitched the chart. This is what's going on. This is what I'm doing. Yeah. Like without hesitation. I just, I really admire that. Just the amount of like open feedback that he's, you know, the amount of information that he can put out there and let people comment on, you know, I'd love it. Yeah. Well, I, I I think that's a, a quite a nice compliment you paid him. Um, I, I would say that, uh, to be good at what you do, probably in anything, you have to be willing to say what what you think. Um, for me, I I don't want to say I don't care what people think. That's that's not true. I I, I care very much. It's just I'm rather particular about mm-hmm. who I care about and 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 what the the sector is. You know. So there are people uh, like Jim Grant. Okay, now. You had sent me an interview with him, and he had talked about some different things. And here's a guy that I, I, I you know, I take what he says with, you know, a lot of interest because he's been around a long time. He, and I know this firsthand, he has a give and take. Like, if I disagree or think something's wrong, we'll discuss it and chat about it. And then for like two hopefully mature adults, if I'm wrong, I'll tell him I'm wrong. And if he's wrong, he'll take it under advisement. Um, but I think if you did this full time, you know, like is a, is a, a career, I think you would very quickly get, get to that. Um, it's just the nature of the beast, right? I mean, uh, this is one of these distinctions I like to make and, and maybe I've, beat the horse dead with this, but there's different kinds of traders. So there's the um, cocktail party bullshit trademark, uh, <laughs> you know, where the guy's punting around with some 401k RA money and they mm-hmm. make or they lose. And if they make, they tell you. And if they lose, they don't tell you. But, you know, not that that's not real money, but for me, the big distinction is is this what you do for a living? Meaning, if you don't make any money, you don't get paid anything. And if you make money, that's... So So it's like, you don't make money, you don't eat. Mm-hmm. Now, is that a little extreme? Yeah, it's a little extreme, but it's still true. Yeah. Right? So for people like that, which I include myself in, or Leslie... Uh, and a, a no, number of other people that I respect. I mean, this is the real deal. There's, It's working without a net. Now, it's not like you're in a war where they're shooting real bullets at you, right? But, you know, you're backing up your opinion with action. And and I, I you know, I just really respect that sort of thing. So, And so one of the things I do, which Kevin never does, and uh, Leslie didn't, but I kind of uh, ambushed them. Uh, I kind of go through the comments. Oh, me too. And figure out uh, what do people like, what people didn't like, did I offend anybody, this sort of thing, right? And the bulk of the comments we have received have been overwhelmingly positive, which, you know, for me personally, I take a huge delight and knowing that people enjoy hearing what we're talking about. But the the couple of comments that I have seen 
which were not that they were mean, but that I took as unfavorable, which was like, you know, I listened to it for a while and I realized there wasn't any like market tips or actionable ideas. And so I turned it off and I'm like, okay, great. But you know, if you're dialing in and spending an hour with me and Liam, cause I'm going to tell you, I think IBM's going up. Right. You know, we're all kidding ourselves here. Right. And one of the guys made that comment about Leslie. It's like, you know, he talked and talked and talked, but I, you know, he didn't say anything that I could trade off of that kind of thing. And, um, what blew me away and Leslie away, okay, was I don't know where this came out, but you mentioned his example of the pro surfer. Yeah. Waiting, right? Go, repeat it. No, he was talking about traders when you go out and, you know, if you're in the ocean surfing and there's there's a lot of guys that chase every single wave. Every wave that comes in, they're flapping around. And then there's other guys that sit and look out on the horizon and wait for their wave, and then they surf it in. And that's the difference between amateurs and pros. Yeah, okay. So you got Leslie and, you know, success, period, right? Yeah. I don't, at this point, what I have discovered is the, the numbers are completely irrelevant, okay? Because I, and I could spend three hours talking about why the math, why, why the income numbers don't matter. But I'm just going to say at this point, it's either you're success at this or you're not. Okay. So Leslie says, you know, wait for your wave. What, what's my thing? I tell you, I get out there with the big bat and I wait for my pitch and then I take a fucking cut at it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now you got two guys that have done this for, 30 something years and they're using different metaphors but it's the same thing right and when i look at the successful traders i have worked for it's always the same thing they're not in there banging the shit back and forth all day they're waiting for the stars to line up and they take a shot at it and and so i i think i figured that out really young, but I, I didn't internalize it, meaning I, I couldn't explain to you what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, that was kind of a little pushback to the negative comments that or, or unfavorable comments. But It's, a, I, you know. I'm, it's amazing that people <laughs> publicly embarrass themselves on the internet on a daily basis, and it's always in the comments section. You got to read the comments. That's really always. It's the gold mine. But yeah, the, the things that people say. I mean, there's no filter between the keyboard and and push and send to them. So they just yeah. And that's. I mean, you know, it's funny. I wanted to talk about that market that I, that the market psychology. Um, just in the past week, after reading that Grant piece and how he talked about, you know, it's a frenzy. Mm-hmm. It's a mania, and it's just never been this extreme with the levels of money. And it's it's just fascinating. There's just so many aspects and moving parts of it. It's so difficult for me, like somebody who's, you know, I'm, I'm not a day trader. I'm a mm-hmm. long-term investor. I buy stuff, I put it away. Stock collector. I don't look. I try not to look. I mean, I look constantly. But the temptation nowadays to just gamble in the casino is, and just, it's, it's astounding. But I'll tell you something. It's, uh, it makes perfect sense. 
Yeah. It makes perfect sense, right? Um, Ten years ago, you people would play the lottery. Yeah. Now, They'd why would Atlantic you bother City. playing the lottery when you have this thing? Exactly. You know? So one of the things I was talking about, Kevin, and I wanted to mention, apparently there's some cryptocurrency that's pegged to this Tesla price. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. as Kevin pointed out, that's uh, a way to circumvent the SEC. So there's other things that go on, and apparently many of these exchanges will give people leverage without recourse, which means if you blow through your money, they don't come after you. So there's these massive short volatility positions being put on uh, indirectly that are outside of the SEC. So, uh, you know, in the years ago, they talked about shadow lending, like uh, hedge funds and private equity. and, and I remember the term, would, yeah. Yeah, would, would loan. Mm-hmm. It didn't show up in like CNI loans and stuff like that. So now you have all this stuff going on that is shadow leverage. And um, my one of my f- quotes is, uh, um, bear markets find the mistakes the auditors couldn't. And, you know, once again, we're going to see a bear market in our lifetime. Uh, certainly your lifetime, maybe. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> maybe not my lifetime. Um, oh my god that's so morbid i'm sorry i just can't help myself Mm -hmm. um so anyway uh, yeah no like you said it it makes sense um but but grant he it was just an interesting piece about how it you know interest rates i like how he put it they're the lowest they've been in four thousand years yeah well i think he said Five thousand years, or make that four thousand nine hundred ninety, because they backed up a bit. It was fourth. He said they're the lowest they've been in four thousand. Excuse okay. me, thirty nine ninety, because okay. they went up recently yeah. a little bit. Yeah. You know, um, I am a subscriber. Um, I don't know what that costs. I don't thirteen hundred bucks a year. Oh, yeah. yeah, worth it. But 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 I would think that would you would vouch for that being worth it too, right? Like you said. I get it, yeah. Which means yeah, yeah, I yeah. think it's worth something. Yeah, you know the the uh, this can this is a little bit of my snarky stuff. So Leslie, uh, bless his heart, sent was sending me the Kevin Muir stuff. He said, "Look, read a couple of these. It's three hundred and fifty bucks. I'm on the fence whether I should get it or not. What do you think?" And I right back I said said to him, I, and "I'm just such an asshole." I said, "Look." It's not even one trade, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah. sorry, Les. Um, yeah. But anyway, it's been the making of a beautiful friendship and uh, between all of us. But uh, I, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty cavalier with my research money because I, you know, it's like you never know where you're going to find. Yeah, that all little you need to acorn get is, that becomes the tree. <laughs> well done, sir. Uh, no, but really, all you need to do is find one perspective, you know, one yeah. perspective or one idea that you like or something that resonates with you 
you know, even if it's confirmation bias and something, you know, jives with what you're thinking. Um, yeah, it's nickels on the, on the money that you're going to make. You so, know? um, everyone likes something for free, right? I mean, you know, it's just not genetic with me, right? I mean, I'm generally <laughs> skeptical. If it's if it's free, I'm generally skeptical. <laughs> so, uh, I have become enamored with this process of decision making. And, um, for instance, uh, Prince Andrew should probably not have put himself in a room with young women and alcohol. Uh, cameras. Yeah. <laughs> and cameras. Posing for the photo. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God. It, back then, they couldn't even Photoshop that. Yeah. Right? But I digress. Um, so uh, along my travels, I, I pick up these little kind of snippets of stuff which involve decision making and um it, they're pretty uh, uh eclectic so i forget the guy's name i'm not going to try and chase it down now but it was sort of the seminal article about making information digital and there's a example of how you have a signal and it goes over the air and there's noise and so the signal comes out garbled. And anyway, by using this concept of information as, as um, a number, you're able to make the quality of the information better, higher certainty. And, um, you know, I'm just doing this stuff off the cuff, so I don't remember a whole lot more. I, I can dig it up if people are interested. But so there's that. Then there's this concept of, the two generals problem, which I mm -hmm. told you about, you know, about understanding how do you get to the 100% certainty that you understand something. And, and you really can't get to 100%, but you can get to what they call five nines, 0.99999%, right? That's pretty high reliability. I found that pretty interesting. Um, then there's this thing uh, called the traveling salesman problem, which is you know, salesmen's got to make stops along the way, which is the the best algorithm for, to try and determine the maximum sales or the minimum time. Or okay, so that that kind of piqued my interest for a while. Uh, but there were a couple things in the 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 first free thing I think is pretty good is there's an article that was written I think two years ago in the New York Times. And it talked about avalanches. And so the, the reporter, I think, was a woman. She went to avalanche school and talked about, you know, that process. And to me, especially for someone who's interested in our business but isn't quantitatively talented like me, uh, it's an excellent example of looking at a situation and trying to understand all of the elements and how to sort of figure out what kind of risk you want to take. And it's, uh, I read it when it came out and I thought about it the other day and I went back and, and reread it and I sent it to a couple people. But, you know, it's like these silly things come out of it. It's like, who's the most likely person to die in an avalanche? It's somebody that's taken an avalanche course, 
I mean, it's sort of yep. like counterintuitive, right? But yeah, you, you know, know what you're getting into. Yeah, and and uh, I took an avalanche course like years ago, like a lot, a long time ago. And you you would dig this snow pit, and then you would look at the different layers, and there's a whole science to it. And then you know, basically, the woman says, "Yeah, you can dig a snow pit, but they've discovered." You can dig a pit four feet away, and it's completely different. So that's kind of a waste of yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. But the 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 bottom line is is if you don't want to die in an avalanche, don't go into an area where there could be an avalanche. Yeah, stay out of the backcountry. Yeah, it's, it's pretty it's pretty simple, right? Mm-hmm. But this is a pretty good article about decision making. Um, so I, I would recommend that. There's another uh, thing that I saw this week that actually. <clears throat> fucked me up pretty good. Uh, it's a YouTube video a buddy of mine sent me, and I think it's called This Equation Will Change How You See the World. And I've asked our webmaster to put it up on the website, which, by the way, we've changed the the URL to ibwoc.com. Did I get that right? You did. Okay. And there's a comment section, which now is Thunderdome. Like, you can put anything up there, and I don't have to approve it. So uh, I may rue the day we did that. But <laughs> I figured it, it might. Okay. But uh, so this, um, what it was this YouTube video that kind of messed me up? What's the name of it again? It's called This Equation Will Change How You See the World. Okay. And I'm I'm hoping to have the link up on the website okay. in the next 48 hours. Um, so it gets pretty complicated with the math. But early on, they talk about, let's say you have a system. In this case, you have rabbits. And every year, the number of rabbits doubles. Well, pretty quickly, it's going to be you know, bigger than the world itself, right? So the guy goes to say that let's assume in this situation that if there's a there's a limit to what the environment will support in terms of how many rabbits can live in this area, right? So another way of saying it is if you have a lot of rabbits this year, you can't have as many rabbits next year, right? Mm-hmm. And so he went on to kind of model this thing not just year one or year two, but out to year 20. And so basically what was happening was, regardless of what growth rate you picked, okay, once you got out to like year four, year five, the result was always the same. And what kind of screwed me up mentally was it sort of reminded me the way the yield curve kind of works. Like, the volatility tends to be higher in the front end than the back end. And if they start jacking up rates in the front end, the long end doesn't tend to move too much and, and, and vice versa. But what happens is, of course, with these math guys, they can't stop, right? So he starts showing you what this distribution looks like is a picture. And then he goes into this thing, I think it's pronounced Mandelbrot, which it looks like you're at a fish concert taking LSD. Uh. And I'm I'm, I'm lying in bed (laughs) 
trying to figure this thing out. And now I'm, I'm like confused, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I said to Cheryl, have you ever heard of this thing called Mandelbrot? And she says, I don't know, maybe. And I showed her a picture of it. And she says, oh, yeah, it's a fractal. Like, <sighs> Fuck you. How do you know? <laughs> How do you know this shit? I fucking hate people like you. Goes back to reading your book. Wow. Exactly. <laughs> don't bother me, kid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, um, let me kind of try and bring this home a little, which is, so we're looking at an economy that had a very high growth rate, right? after the disaster. So what I've instinctively thought and, and said from time to time was, you know, you had a sugar high followed by a slowdown. Yep. And, you know, the time being, I don't know whether that's how that's going to play out. Some people think yes, some people think no, but there's an amazing way that these things replicate or repeat themselves. And just like I said, this huge growth up front is borrowing growth from down the road. And so uh, when you look at the amount of speculation in the market and you look at the increase in household net worth and you look at how much of the increase in household net worth is because of the gains in equities and then the gains in real estate, you're setting yourself up for a pretty good situation that if the Fed continues to reduce accommodation, that at some point they'll have drawn out all the liquidity and they'll start to take the rates higher. Now, you know, there's been some research shown recently that, you know, maybe the increase in interest rates doesn't really make that big a difference. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, for me, I think at some point, they can get the rates high enough that it's going to trigger um, an issue. What would that be? Well, if if the if they started using a higher discount rate to bring back asset prices, the price of the stock market should go mm -hmm. up unless earnings go up, right? You know, that's just a calculation. Um, is inflation a problem? I mean, you know, we're starting to really see some stuff here in bizarre ways. So uh, two Sundays ago, we ordered some pizza. And uh, we said, well, we'll go pick it up. And they said, okay, it'll be about an hour for a pickup pizza, mm -hmm. right? Well, that sounded kind of weird, but mm -hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm a stranger to these parts, right? So we go. And we wait 40 minutes for two cheese pizzas, right? In, in Arizona. Mike. In Arizona, okay. And the whole time, the woman behind the counter is like, I'm so sorry, we're short. Yeah, we she's can't, in the weeds, yeah. 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 So um, last night, Amy and Larry come to town. We're all kind of tired. We're just going to order some pizza. And we heard about this other place. So decide what we want. Surprise, surprise. Two large cheese pizzas. They said it'll be about an hour and a half. I'm like, uh, okay, well, yeah, okay. Yeah. So uh, Amy and Laren, they go pick it up. I was having a nice 7% ABV IPA. And um, 
pizza's good. And uh, I said, you know, it's a little surprising it took so long. And Cheryl said on the website, it said they are limiting their takeout uh, orders. They don't do delivery anymore. Um, and I'm thinking, it's fucking pizza. Yeah. I mean, How that's, the, that's the high margin business, yeah. right? Yeah. Spinning pies. Oh my God. You should be a, yeah. Well, that, I, I mean, I, it's, it's oh, speechless. Oh, oh, it's a classic money. I mean, that's if you own I mean, the, oh, oh, yeah, we don't need to talk about it. It's yeah. An incredible. Yeah. So, but yeah. so that, so they're limiting how many pizzas you can buy. I mean, dear Lord. So, uh, I mean, look, restaurateur, MB Sachs F. <laughs> <laughs> it seems to me, yeah, you might yeah. then raise the price. Yeah, jack the price, absolutely, yeah. or it's, do whatever uh, it takes to get more pizzas out the door. Yeah. Wow, that or maybe you know I, I got to discount the fact that you know around here people eat dinner four forty five uh, or four thirty or something. Yeah, <laughs> the <laughs> computer starts printing <laughs> out tickets at three forty five. They have breakfast the night before. <laughs> Hey, uh, so um, I've been wondering about the kind of political um, Vice President Harris. She was the president briefly today. Oh, first woman president. Before you get into this, because I'm I don't I'm not, I don't want to talk about her. I'm not impressed with her lately. Um, but 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 since you brought up politics, do I care who the next Fed chair is? Maybe, but you know, in terms of like immediate impact, I, I don't think so. Uh, you 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 could care in retrospect if there's a problem, right? Okay, right. Uh, but you know, I I just think it's a little weird because I, I brought up Vice President Harris. I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. No, yeah, no, yeah. I, I don't apologize because it ties into your point about Leo Brainerd. Okay. So, okay. You knew that they were going to pick a woman to be vice president. That was a given. Okay. And they found a, a very competent woman. Correct. From, from all reports. What confuses me is where is she? Now, I said that to Cheryl earlier, and, and of course, Cheryl explained to me she's doing great things, but no one's covering it. Uh, you know, Cheryl tends to be more right than wrong, but first of all, if she is doing great things, why aren't they covering it? And for me, my default is I, I don't believe they're not covering it. I, I just... You know, there's two couple of things going on here. You've got uh, Harris and and Buttigieg. I probably pronounced that wrong. I no, you're care. close. Yeah, you're on. Yeah, I'm close enough for my yeah. purposes. Yeah. So there's this uh, uh, concept, and this is based on this. What a Chinese person told me. This is incorrect, but they say that the uh, the symbol for danger is made up of the symbol of crisis plus the symbol of opportunity. Classic. I mean, I think, I think someone said that and it's not true, but anyway, it's a, it's a great meme. Yeah. Um, but so 
we're in the middle of multiple fires, right? This is somebody's chance to step up and make a difference, right? And I, I don't know, that's how, you, that's how you succeed in life and that's how you, you succeed in your career. It's like you see an opportunity, you stick your hand up, you take a shot, and you nail it. And so, I don't know, between that and, and the clowns in Congress, yeah, I mean, they're, the Democrats are shooting themselves in the foot. Something Terrible. fierce here. And, yep. and I honestly believe I try and be apolitical in our discussions here. Oh, no, you've been that way in, in real life for as long as I've known you. Well, it's very generous of you. Thank you. Um, what disappoints me, and, and that's not even strong enough word, but, you know, you had a situation where you came in claiming you're going to try and unite people, okay? And you brought in a woman to be vice president, and you brought in a gay man to be secretary of treasury, right? No, I'm of transportation. Transportation, okay. yeah. And you brought in an old woman to be secretary of the treasury, and yada, 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 right? And no one's impressing me. Nope. Right? This and, has been a huge opportunity, too. Yeah, well, the, as they say, the Democrats never waste an opportunity to waste an opportunity. Oh, they've just been lighting each other on fire, I man. Know. It's it's crazy. So, so uh, yeah, so we're going to get a, a lame duck president. And this is not a great time to be ship without a rudder. So. <sighs> I don't know. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I just don't. I mean, they talk about it ad nauseum. They've waited to the last minute on the Fed nomination. Um, I just wonder about that. I would. I wonder if they if they keep pushing their agenda of we want more women, you know, in positions of power, which is fantastic. But right now, if I was Leo Brainerd, the concern is. If you've have you've got people pushing you in, are you beholden to them? Um, do you want to take the wheel right now with all that's going on, or do you want to keep Powell there with his steady hand? Well, I mean, are you asking what does Brainerd want, or what is what is what is? Uh, no, Brainerd's got to want Joe. the spot, right? Yeah, because well, it's it's what I like to say is every actress thinks she can play Lady Macbeth. Okay, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, I, I I don't know. I'm just a little. Uh, I'm trying to be upbeat, but yeah. it's just, it's hard for it's, me to sell it. Yeah. No, you don't have to trust me, please. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, but that's been, um, they've been, they've been chewing that back and forth, man. The, uh, so I was reading that, uh, um, newsletter from my friend, Anthony Peters. Uh, you've read some of his stuff and he was nice enough to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mention us in his newsletter this week. So I looked at the, the last paragraph. Apparently there's a, a cricket player, Pakistani fellow who uh, got all bent out of shape because he was being picked on. And so it turns out that <laughs> 10 years earlier, he yeah. was uh, raving anti-Semitic comments mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, anyway, it's I don't know, four in the morning, five in the morning. I'm reading this thing, 
And so I'm like, you know what? Let me. I wondered who the guy was. So Anthony didn't mention his name because apparently over there they have ridiculous uh, slander, privacy like, libel yeah, laws. Yeah, yep. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So uh, libel's written, slander is oral. Okay. Curtains are thin, drapes have lining. Okay. Check. No white chocolate. <laughs> um, what the fuck was I talking? Oh, okay. So I figured I'm going to get a British newspaper. So I type in the Daily Mail. And the first thing that pops up is a full-page picture of this nasty-looking guy, ex-football player, who beat up his girlfriend. All and over the it's news. like, I would never click on this, but I see that it's streaming her, him picking her oh, up yeah. uh -huh. and throwing her across the room into the TV, the TV falling and yeah. landing on top of her. Yeah. And so, I mean, you know I got to bug up my ass about professional athletes, right? Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, you know, I, I kind of quip about this. It's like, could you see Bart Starr shooting somebody in a nightclub at three in the morning. <laughs> I know Bart, not Bart, so maybe Roger Staubach. Staubach, yeah. Yeah, crazy guy. Naval Academy. Yeah, Jeez, exactly. Yeah. So you pay these guys a shit ton of money. Little kids are looking up at them. Big people are looking up at them. And, you know, I, I wish these guys would understand they're not athletes. They're entertainers. Yeah. Charles Barkley said it. I'm not a role model. He said, I'm not a role model. Yeah, he said it a long time ago. He said ago. he's not a role model? Absolutely. Yeah, he said, I am not a role model. Oh, yeah. When he was in the NBA, he was a bad boy. You know Charles Barkley. He's he's yeah, awesome. But, but I'm Barkley said, I'm not a role model. Don't tell tell your kids not that I'm not a role model. Yeah, he said that. Um, he said, I play basketball. That's what I do. I'm not here to raise your kids. Well, I like yeah. that. <laughs> okay. I I, I want to give you a little pushback on that, if I'm if I may. Mm -hmm. Okay, why shouldn't he be a fucking role model? Uh, that's a good question. That's I mean, fair. Pay me millions of dollars, buy my fucking sneakers, and uh, yeah, I mean, I heard him. I heard him. I I don't know why anyone listens to his podcast. I listened to him and uh, uh, Lance Gunderson. Uh, they, Barkley, Barkley was talking about how he was in Vegas and he was up a million bucks and down a million bucks and Lance yeah, was going, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like thinking, you know, you have an opportunity to do something good. And all you have to do is behave responsibly. How fucking hard is that? Wow, you're asking a lot. Yeah, people. there's a lot of people that are incapable of that, Morris. Especially nowadays, yeah. Disappointed, you know. So once again, I'm I'm looking at this British, uh, the Daily Mail, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So below the thing about the ex-football player beating his girlfriend up, there's it's just to show you, it's not all men. Okay, there's a story about a woman who got some takeout soup, and the soup had melted the lid. So she takes the soup, the hot soup, and throws it in the face of the restaurant employee. I saw it. Yep. Good Lord. 2021, man. Yep. 
Yeah. Whatever happened to those three women on the Upper West Side that beat up the hostess because she she wanted to see their vaccine? Oh, they got charges. They got charges. They got charges. Well, I yeah, but what? Like I don't know. Suspended sentence. No, suspended sentence. They'll have a court date in twenty twenty (laughs) four. Speaking of suspended sentences, you know who took the stand today? Elizabeth Holmes. She took the stand. Oh. Wonder if she used a deep voice. You know, um, I saw, I actually downloaded this book, um, How to Survive and Thrive in Prison. <laughs> I was thinking, I did, honest to God, I did, and I read it. Jeez, well, you never okay. know. You right. never know. What, what, what was, can you give us a couple takeaways from that? Yeah, sure. First of all, never look anybody in the eye. Wow. Okay, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, another tip. If you're using the restroom, in growing up, we had this thing, they called it a courtesy flush. Mm-hmm. You're familiar with that, right? Yeah. Okay. So that there's that. And he actually gave you some recipes. Because <laughs> there's stuff you can buy in the- The commissary? In the commissary. Yeah. 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 I, don't, I don't know. I, I mean, it probably came up as books recommended for you. <laughs> Since, since you bought this, you might like this. <laughs> oh my lord! Oh man, we're running over. All right. Well, so I B W O C dot com, and if you like us, if you like us, tell your friends. If you don't like us, tell us. Right, exactly. You can spend the whole weekend complaining about how you don't get any stock market tips from us two clowns here. Okay. I've got one here. Pay attention, parents. Okay. Whatever happens with Coco Melon, okay? Just Google Coco Melon, all right? Because it got bought by somebody for an ungodly amount of money. And if you can put your money into Coco Melon, you will be rich one day, okay? Coco Melon? Do I have to urban dictionary that? No, 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 no. You, um, next time you're around some kids, just turn it on YouTube. You, it's, it's, 1.5 billion views, oh. okay? Cocomelon. That may be a while. I'm not allowed within 100 yards of a school. <laughs> Good night. I love you, buddy. Have a great night. Take care. Bye. Cheers. <laughs>